it's good to be here to do responsible podcasting. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Don't say that. Don't say responsible this, podcasting. This Just isn't say podcasting. 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 This isn't responsible podcasting. Welcome to the Risk and Repeat Podcast, episode number 79. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here once again with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. We're back in the office. It we- is Monday, the day before Halloween, October 30th. Halloween Eve. Halloween Eve. We, uh, we, we, you, you had a day off last week, so we pushed our, our regular podcast recording until today, Monday. And you wanted to talk about a, a subject that we've been kind of tiptoeing around. We've, we've, I mean, I, I guess we're talking about it in a new capacity, but something we've, we've sort of, we've talked about doing an episode on, we've talked about, about the, the, we've certainly written a lot about it and I'm talking about uh, encryption, encryption technology, and the government's stance on it, particularly the FBI and the Department of Justice. And obviously, we've written a ton of stuff about going dark under James Comey, former FBI director, and a lot of the comments that came out of law enforcement and the DOJ during his time about sort of the dangers of going dark, i.e., uh, devices, usually phones, that are encrypted encrypted communications that the government can't access, even though it may have a warrant. And when Comey was let go, fired as FBI director, there was kind of a lull in the talk about encryption and all the things that it, it all the things around going dark. It kind of got pushed off to the side for a while. But it's come back up again recently with a, with a brand new buzzword Peter, do you, do you want to tell us what the buzzword sure. is? The, the new the new term is now responsible encryption. Yes. Do you want to take a stab at describing for the listeners what responsible encryption is? Right. Well, as with so much else in government, when you hear a, a, a value-laden word in front of something, mm-hmm. it might actually mean the opposite, like Patriot Act or freedom, this or that. Um, responsible encryption is almost the definition of irresponsible encryption to a lot of people. And yes. Um, so when when a, a acting uh, director of the FBI, Rod Rosenstein. Rosenstein. Rosenstein, sorry. Yeah, sorry. He uh, actually, he was quoted at at least two or three venues I earlier this right. year. Yeah. Or earlier this month. Yeah. Talking October. about, you know, I'm doing the air quotes here. Uh, responsible encryption and how important it was and the funny thing is that except for the buzzword uh, the new you know the new marketing effort uh, (laughs) uh, the arguments are are more or less the same as when uh, James Comey was FBI director and was going around talking about this yes Um, they're very similar very yeah it's basically it's the same argument and to some extent, it's the same argument we've, or, or converse, you know, quote unquote, conversation we've been having since the early '90s. Yeah. Um, but the basically what what responsible encryption is supposed to mean is that 
a company and and the, the big difference is that rather than saying we're going to we're going to ask you all to come up with a new way of doing encryption that will allow um, us law enforcement to, FBI. Law, yeah authorized you know people that deserve to get into that data mm. or that need to get into that data to do their jobs um, we're going to allow those people access, but we're going to deny it to everybody else, including all the, the evildoers that want to have access to that same data, uh, but that aren't part of the government. So that would be foreign governments, spies of all stripes, organized criminals, yes. hackers, yes. drug dealers. In fact, let me, let, let's go down the list. Um, speaking October 10th at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Acting Director Rosenstein he said, when encryption is designed with no means of lawful access, it allows terrorists, drug dealers, child molesters, fraudsters, and other criminals to hide incriminating evidence. Well, that list, those, those um, terrorists, drug dealers, child, child molesters, and fraudsters, um, it's, a, it's slightly different from the, from the list that we heard in sure. 1993, 1992, 1994 around the Clipper chip. It was, but back then it was terrorists, drug dealers, um, pedophiles, money launderers, yep. organized criminals, uh, software pirates, and, Very and content dangerous. pirates. Very no, but these are people that yeah. are destroying the, the foundations of, of our civilization. And that if we cannot prosecute them by looking at their data, by reading their secrets, then we've lost. Yeah, is basically the argument, and I think that it it's clearly not aimed. Their argument is clearly not aimed at the secure the information security community, um, or even the information technology community. It's aimed at um, the person who picks up the tabloid or turns on the evening news yeah. and sees, oh my gosh, we're letting these pedophiles run rampant with encryption. It's also aimed at law enforcement too, because. If you remember, and we should note, uh, Rosenstein is uh, acting, or not acting, he is Deputy Attorney General. Yes, yeah. okay. So we should note that uh, the, the current uh, director of the FBI, Chris Ray, the, the new director of the FBI, I mean, he's, he's echoed these comments too, and he's, these speeches, these comments are not just to your average citizen that does not know anything about technology or encryption. It's also directed at lawmakers, very clearly directed at lawmakers, just like Comey's comments were. And they're also directed at law enforcement. I mean, Ray spoke just, I think it was just last week, at the International Association of Chiefs of Police at their annual conference in Philadelphia. And he, he talked about the same stuff. Uh, I think he, he may have actually used the term uh, responsible encryption or I think he said responsible solution to the encryption problem, whatever. But yeah, it, it's the way that they are talking about this problem is very, very similar, like you said, to what Comey, uh, the way he had described it previously. And they're following a lot of the same approaches. In, in the initial, in Rosenstein's initial speech on this, his remarks on October 10th, at the U.S. Naval Academy. I mean, that's the Naval Academy. I, what, it's not law enforcement, but it's like you can tell he's the way he's outlining this. It's it's clear what they're going for. They're trying to bring this back into sort of the public sphere with uh, you know potentially an audience that is going to be 
I guess, receptive to this. He talks about the San Bernardino case. He talks about Apple. You know, the government, he says, sought Apple's voluntary assistant, assistance. Apple rejected the government's request, although it had the technical capability to help. Uh, he, yeah, I mean. I guess. It's his opinion. I mean, I, we don't know for sure. Do we? I, I mean, I, I thought Apple was pretty clear in saying that, you know, it, it doesn't have some master key to unlock a, you know, you could create a, a way, a bypass of getting in there, I guess. But it doesn't, to say it has the, the capability to do so, it's like saying, it's, it's sort of insinuating that they had a, like a golden key, like a master key to unlock someone's phone. And so he goes on to say, and this is where he gets into responsible encryption, and I wanted to read this passage because I think it encapsulates maybe how this, this conversation is slightly different now. It's, it's taking on sort of a new approach. Quote, responsible encryption is achievable. Responsible encryption can involve effective, secure encryption that allows access only with judicial authorization. Such encryption already exists. Examples include the central management of security keys and operating system updates, the scanning of content like your emails for advertising purposes, the simulcast of messages to multiple destinations at once, and the key recovery and key recovery when a user forgets the password to decrypt a laptop. No one calls any of these functions a backdoor, quote unquote. In fact, those capabilities are marketed and sought out by many users. Okay. Where right. Begin with that. I mean, not only are those not backdoors, but they're not backdoors. Yeah, th I don't think anybody anybody was calling them backdoors. But one of the, I mean, he's a, he's specifically attacking end to end encryption. Exactly. And he's terming that is, I guess, indirectly as irresponsible encryption, basically saying that if the provider or manufacturer or device maker, whoever, does not have a master key does not have a way to get around that encryption protection, then that's irresponsible. But his example, examples include central management of security keys and operating system updates. I mean, I guess you could kind of say it does. Well, but are, I mean, we've seen central management of security keys and operating system updates go that's not en that's not end to end encryption. I mean, that's right. not that's not one to one. That is, that someone's holding sort of a repository or reservoir of keys, and we know, like, I mean, just look at the news of how many times we've been writing about instances where uh, major enterprises are, are <laughs> just exposing <laughs> their keys. I don't think that that's what he wants. I don't think that's what anybody wants. I'm not saying that's going to happen without end-to-end -end encryption. That's not what I'm saying. It's just I find that his statement there was very curious. Uh, so now we've been talking. We've we have been talking about um, lawful access for a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, responsible encryption, not so much because it's a new it's a new uh, new buzzword that, that's been introduced. But um, but sure. First of all, the thing that the, the Let's see. You already read my uh, the quote that I was gonna I was gonna read. Oh, about sorry. Uh, that's okay. That's entirely fine. Um, the whole thing about what responsible 
encryption actually is and whether that a lot entails a key escrow of some sort, which mm-hmm. has been that's been the government drumbeat for a long time. What I do want to I did see something recently, uh, actually this morning, a technical report titled Fair Crypto Systems. The abstract read, there's a growing concern that the wide use of encryption may be more dangerous than helpful to society. In particular, good encryption schemes make court-authorized line tapping, an effective tool for law enforcement, impossible. Addressing this concern, we show how to construct, construct crypto systems in a fair way. That is, so as to allow a democratic country, emphasis mine, mm. to strike the desired balance between the needs of the government and those of the systems, citizens. Fair crypto systems enjoy the following properties. Number one, they cannot be misused by criminal organizations. And two, they guarantee to the citizens exactly the the same rights to privacy they currently have under the law. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually go show how to transform any crypto system into a fair one. The transformed systems preserve the security and efficiency of the original ones. Uh, Thus, one can still use whatever system he believes to be more secure and enjoy the additional properties of fairness. However, or moreover, for today's best known crypto systems, our transformation is particularly efficient and convenient. Now, I know that's a long paragraph, it's a long abstract. No, no, no. Um, and the title of the, of the paper is Fair Crypto Systems. It was published in 1993, I believe. Wow. Yeah. So this is not new. That particular paper, which actually, um, was also turned into it was turned into a patent as well in 1994 okay um i want to give so it was sylvia uh, sylvia mccauley um who is with mit mm-hmm. who was writing in 1993 about a problem well between 1993 and now um the fbi and all law enforcement agencies across the united states and uh, indeed across the world have managed to to, to do their business of arresting people who are doing wrong yeah. without having unfettered access to encrypted data. And the, the, other, the other thing that, that when these going dark or responsible encryption people start talking about how there's never been a, a, an, a, a, a channel for uh, information to be ke- kept private or secret from the government. It's not true. It's totally not true. That is completely not true. I don't, I just don't have any faith that the government would use that power responsibly to, to, to uh, if they could just obtain keys, if the keys were held in escrow, or if they could just obtain them from the whatever cloud provider, or email provider, manufacturer. I, I, hate, I hate to say it, I just don't, I don't, I don't. Well, so there, 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 there's so many reasons, so many logical, rational reasons why suggesting that designing encryption to have a backdoor in it and you know say call it whatever you want to call it but it's still a backdoor at the end of the day Um, when companies like Equifax are porous with our sensitive personal data um, when the Office of uh, Personal Management got totally Uncovered, yep. and there are people in there that have had their their fingerprints uh, uh, breached, and it, and I you know okay fine that was a few years ago, 
um, obviously we're all good now, right? Oh, Except yeah. for you know every time, every month or so when we see uh, uh, audit reports or new news reports about uh, people either finding more and more glaring errors in information security, or else yeah. people doing audits, um, inspector general, inspectors general doing audits of different agencies and coming back and saying, yeah, they got breached and they have these plans, but they haven't actually done anything. Right. Done enough about it, so I don't think that there's a good reason to uh, to suggest that we have to put in more backdoors when we've already got plenty that are being. Yeah, we. I mean, we just wrote about the Roku attack, that put a lot of devices at risk. I mean, we we're still kind of assessing how many Infineon chips were, you know, or or devices with those chips are really affected. But yeah, I mean, certainly that's a problem. I don't. It, it's a huge problem, and I. I I don't, the, the government's approach, their, their belief, their stance on this, whether it's Ray or Rosenstein or whoever, it seems, I, I, I think they probably honestly believe this because maybe nobody's telling them differently, but, but if you have a system where these keys are just sort of, if you could just go to a provider and say, I'm going to encrypt this, or, or better yet, as has been hypo you know, sort of hypothesized and, and presented as an option, if you're just going to have some type of key escrow system, it still doesn't. I mean, we, we've had instances where the government has their hacking tools have been breached, classified data has been breached. You're telling me the FBI thinks it's responsible encryption to have a system where they they hold these keys sort of an escrow or or they just they can easily obtain them and hold on to them when they need I mean that is that is bonkers that is so tone deaf in terms of everything that's been going on with cybersecurity and hacking recently and what we know about sort of the exposure of of data and how like you said with with, with all the vulnerabilities that we're seeing on devices that we thought were secure to begin with I mean it, it's just it's really remarkable, and to, just all the government breaches and all of this stuff happening—it's just—it's really amazing to me. And and I get I get where it's coming from. Like you said, you you brought up Chris Ray's statement about the, um, you know, all the different people that they're they're trying to get a handle on all the different criminal elements. And he was talking recently um, at that at that uh, International Association of Chiefs of Police conference, and he said. What was it? Sixty-nine hundred mobile devices that they had that they, they've obtained this year that they can't access. Well, now I'll uh, that that tweaks something in me because I I sure. seem to recall that we have covered in the past, like a couple of years ago. Um, at that time, it wasn't almost seven thousand. It was I don't know a couple of thousand yeah, like of devices. Yeah, yeah. And what w the the devices were involved in cases related to relatively minor drug yes. cases. They were not, I mean, they're not, they, they're not holding on to thousands of devices from terrorists. No. They're not telling us that, they, that if they could have only unlocked one of these 7,000 devices, they could have stopped a, a, a terrorist attack. You're right. They're not telling us that. No. They're telling us that we don't know what's in there. Well, right. I mean, 
They That's their other, job. They have They're other ch- means of, of getting this stuff. Right. Yeah. See, the this is the thing. When I, I, re- I recall back in the olden days, my, my brother and I would sometimes talk on the phone. Yep. And we would joke, half joke around that if we said uh, certain buzzwords or certain, you know, uh, flagged words that that would initiate uh, a surveillance on us. Like if we said, you know, whatever, whatever the, the current um, uh, uh, bogeyman is, if we would only say that, that would trip a, a recorder somewhere and, and we'd have, uh, oh, a, sure. a, you know, a, a pizza van on our corner the next night. But that's not how it works. No. But if we allow so-called responsible encryption where government agencies can sit and listen to everything then yeah that actually is a, a potential um, uh, risk that we have that Huge. yeah if, if and I mean and, and the thing is that the people who are actually the evildoers the, the pedophiles and the drug dealers and the and the money launderers and the terrorists they're they're kind of hip to this stuff so they know that if that if they put in an responsible encryption and using Microsoft, let's say Microsoft's browser, or Apple's browser, whoever's browser is the one that is, is best um, monitored, yep. most easily monitored, they're gonna stop using that. So who's gonna, who's gonna suffer in that case? Regular people who either are doing something that they shouldn't, but it's not that big a deal, but they get caught up in, a, in, a, in, a, um, in an operation, or else it's just people who are are saying the wrong word and, and, and turn, you know getting a false positive on them so but it, but it doesn't stop the evildoers from going and using some other means of communication that is not uh, surveillable so ultimately I, th- I it's frightening to think that the people who are advocating for responsible so-called responsible encryption realize that what they're actually uh, advocating for is weaker oh sorry well, well, there's that too, but on top of that, it's that um, the panopticon. Yeah. Because if you can, ha- if you have access to all the data, to all the encryption keys, that means that if you and I have a conversation on our telephone or text each other one day, you know, two years ago, and it happened to have been encrypted, and we thought we were safe, but it turns out the government's collecting all the keys. Yeah. That means that anything you say, anywhere you go. Yeah. Anything you do, any picture you take, is completely transparent, and you have no no privacy at all. And given the track record, I mean, people in government are still just people. They're still, you know, subject to all the flaws and failures of regular people, and they can be tempted, and they can be yeah. know, lured into doing things that they wouldn't other that that they would s- not imagine themselves doing. Um, but all these things put the citizen at risk. So. As you say, there's a, there's a lot of other ways to, to um, do law enforcement. And, unf- you know, it's it would be great if you could just turn a switch and listen to a feed from wha- whatever bad person you want you want to. It's, it's not realistic. I mean, and not only that, but, uh, like, these, these comments, w- whenever they equate sort of, well, the, you know, the Founding Fathers never, inte- never intended for you to have a box where you could just put stuff in and it would be impervious to a warrant, like, you know, a, warrant, a warrant-proof lockbox or something. But 
That's not entirely true because you, they never, like, law enforcement doesn't have access to what's in your head. You're not compelled to give them your password. You're not compelled to give them information that is in your, that is in your brain if it's not anywhere else. They can't do that. They can't compel. I mean, they can contempt of court, put you in jail, et cetera, et cetera. They can't force that out of you. Right. And encryption is just a way of extending that to a digital, you know, a, a, a cyberspace. And without that, without strong encryption, you're basically, I mean, I'm not telling any uh, you or anybody else anything they don't already know. But without that, you're, you're talking about a deconstruction of the entire fabric of all of our digital communications, all everything that we do on the Internet, everything that we all the data that we exchange, everything that we do. And that's that's chilling. So it's not just open to law enforcement. It's open to anybody. And that's that is that's terrifying. And, it, and none of these comments, whether it's Rosenstein, Chris Ray, James Comey, None of these comments take that into account, the risk of having all of this stuff opened up, not just by them, but freely accessible by, by, by threat actors as well. A little bit of breaking news, Peter. Uh, Rosenstein is delivering remarks today, or delivered remarks today, at the 2017 North American International Cyber Summit, where he did indeed reemphasize his desire for responsible encryption and the comments are basically similar to what we we've already described but you know in this one he's specifically encouraging different companies and different tech leaders to explore this find a solution do something and i'll tell you i think he's gonna be sadly mistaken i mean to close this out i don't think there's much hope that the majority of the tech or infosec community is going to take this and say, oh yeah, all right, we've been thinking about this the wrong way. Let's go responsible. I mean, well, Microsoft what? just issued, just introduced um, confi Azure confidential computing. They can't even see it. Like, like it's it's completely hidden. In like the cloud data is is accessible only to the enterprise. Well, but then you got BlackBerry. Oh yeah, that's true. I That's mean, a good point. they're, they're, they're uh, an industry yeah. titan. I guess for every um, Apple or Microsoft, there's a BlackBerry or there's an HP who's like, oh, you, you want to take a peek at our servers? Come right in. Come right in. I'm sure customers just love that. But yeah, I don't think that this is I'd – be, I'd be shocked if the, the tech community suddenly at large pulls in about face and says, well, yeah, we got to do something. Unf uh, unfortunately, though, I think that what you said earlier about aiming this whole uh, line of talk at government and legislators, I think legislators are starting to get this message that, oh, we're, we're, we're in crisis mode. And I think um, some of the other, you know, there's other smaller developments that go on and on. Um, the, the lawsuits uh, with Microsoft about the um, the the drug deal related emails that were stored in Ireland yep. where those things are, are starting to, you know, starting to turn around once it starts, once it heads into the Congress, then, um, then yeah. we really have to start to worry because then, then there's some trouble. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause that's one of the things that the FBI is, uh, that the FBI, um, speakers, uh, whether it's Jim Comey or yeah. Rosenstein have been saying is that if, if the industry can't do it, then the government then we'll, we'll will have it. to step in. Yeah. 
we'll see where that goes. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating story if there if legislation and currently there's no legislation really of any kind that's getting passed. But if something like that does happen, how it's challenged in the courts, the Microsoft data center case is going to tell us a lot about how that goes because I believe that is headed to the Supreme Court. So yes. we'll keep an eye on that. But yeah. Peter, thank you for participating in a spirited discussion about one of our favorite subjects, encryption and government criticism of, or efforts to undermine encryption probably more accurately. Well, it's always good to be here. Yeah, it's good to be here to do responsible podcasting. <laughs> uh, no, 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 don't say that. Don't say <laughs> this, responsible podcasting, this just isn't say podcasting. 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 This isn't responsible podcasting? Let's not add any value judgments to it. It's okay. Just, just podcasting. podcasting. Just what we're doing. Podcasting. Nice. All right. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time. Thank you.